0: Welcome to the Deconstructing Data Podcast. I'm Jesse Lezak, fractional CMO at BDEX, along with David Finkelstein, founder and CEO of BDEX. How's it going, David?
1: Hey, Jesse. Going well. Uh, Busy week, as always, and uh, looking forward to this next edition of Deconstructing Data with our great guest.
0: Yes, we are very lucky to welcome Vipur Kapoor, president of AdRoll. Vibhor's stellar resume speaks for itself, but what truly sets him apart is his passion for marrying technology and marketing to create incredible consumer experiences. So currently at the helm of AdRoll, a division of NextRoll, as president, Vibhor has been a guiding light in the realms of marketing, strategy, and customer success. And that's across some of the biggest names in tech, including like Adobe, Microsoft, and many others. But we are very well, lucky to welcome Vipur to the show. Welcome, Vipur.
2: Thank you. Super excited to be here.
1: Yeah, Vipur, we are so happy to have you on the show today. Um, why don't you kick us off? Let's uh, let's get a little bit of your background for our listeners so they know who we're talking to um, share your background, what led you to AdRoll, and uh, a little bit about AdRoll as well.
2: Absolutely. Happy to do that. So um, yeah, this is this is a question that I, I'd love to talk about. So uh, I started my career uh, in core technology, spent a long time in sales, sales operations, product management, and then over the last 15 years or so, I spent a lot of time in marketing and product management focused on SaaS solutions. And what really got me to AdRoll was sort of two things. First, I would say uh, their purpose and the problem that they were trying to solve in the market. Having been in marketing leadership roles over the last several years, one of the challenges I always felt was, am I making the right decisions across all of my marketing channels? And the purpose that Agile has around ensuring that marketing and marketers have the ability to do world-class marketing, irrespective of their size, irrespective of the the business that they're in, that was very inspirational to me. So I would say the quality of the problem uh, that they were trying to solve was one thing that was really attractive to me and then as always once you had the number of years that i have you also look at an opportunity based on the quality of the people that you're interacting with and i felt that the people that i worked with and the people that i interacted with uh, their quality in terms of not just their caliber but in terms of the values that they portrayed and they embraced and they lived was very exciting for me so I would say the combination of the problem—it's uh, how relevant it was for marketers—and the combination of the people, the values, and the principles with which they operated, was a collection of what really got me to AdRoll. So hopefully that that was helpful. Um, but really excited to be here on the show.
0: Yeah, thanks for having, thanks for being here, and thanks for sharing that story with us. Um, We've got a really great discussion, so I'm just going to pull our first topic up here. Vipour, can you kick us off on the benefits of using centralized marketing data?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Look, it seems somewhat obvious, right? Um, But it is valuable to start with because it is really important though obvious. Uh, Centralizing marketing data is critical for you if you really want to make sure that you want to optimize your marketing effort, as well as it's critical for you if you really want to personalize and understand your customer journey. Now, what I've learned over the several years that I've been in this space, that marketers and businesses, they spend a lot of time trying to manually extract data, bring that data together in a consolidated view and be able to remove discrepancies and reconcile it. And I know this sounds very obvious, but that is a true problem for a marketer today. Look at where marketing has gone over the last several decades. Uh, We have more channels, we have uh, more complexity in terms of tech stacks and more data sources. And it is really hard for a marketer today to be able to make smart decisions about how do they deliver the message to their customer? How do they tell their story? How do they deliver the right message at the right time, uh, at the right price and at the right efficacy? And that itself is a big challenge unless and until you're able to bring your marketing data together and today as i was calling out the channel complexity uh, has you know has exploded Uh, you have social media channels you of course have search you have all the uh the the growth that we're seeing with many other ad formats and channels that are coming up and i don't see this to be changing in any way it's only gonna get harder so centralizing your marketing data is very foundational, but core to doing effective marketing. And that's, that's a very big premise that we have when we think about AdRoll's mission and purpose.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say that, that this all ties back to what you described as AdRoll's purpose. And I, w- I just wanted to comment back on your description of your reasoning for going to AdRoll. Being people and purpose, which is you know, I, I really love that. You know, I love that because it, it it resonates with me. It's exactly what I believe in with respect to people and surrounding yourself with people. Um, I always say I like to surround myself with people that are smarter than me, but you know, knowing that uh, you know, it's a really important to have you know really great people around you. But the the purpose that you described um, and the whole idea of you know this concept that in order for you to be able to be successful in your marketing right you do need to sort of centralize the data It really makes a lot of sense right um so i like that i i, I just wanted to sort of add to that and just say that you know i think that makes a lot of sense that, and uh, you know what ad is doing in order to be able to uh, help customers improve their marketing you know, success in doing that is is really interesting. Yep.
0: Absolutely. This is a, a great topic. I know as a marketer myself, I definitely appreciate centralized data. I mean, it can get messy when we don't have centralized data. Um, but is there anything else on this topic that Vivor you'd like to get into before we transition?
2: Uh, no, that's the core idea that I wanted to communicate. Uh, that you know, having centralized marketing data is central to whatever you'll do in your marketing. And I think if you're not doing that, you're not setting yourself up for success. Uh, we have been out there trying to solve this problem in terms of how marketers can look at their spend and the performance of their marketing campaigns in one single view. And we'll continue to push forward on that purpose because we really believe that's that's critical for their success.
0: Absolutely. How about you, David? Anything else or can I move on to AI?
1: Yeah, I know we're going to get into this later, so I don't want to. I'm I'm really interested to see how all this ties into attribution, but I I know we're going to get into this later. So um, if we want to jump into into AI, then let's do that first.
0: Yeah, let's do it. So using AI-powered automation to drive marketing performance. So there's a lot we could unpack here, but could you kick us off before?
2: Yes, absolutely. Uh, of course, as we all know, AI is so central to the conversation in our industry today. But when I just reflect back on it, it's AI is getting a spotlight right now because of how easy it is for Uh, a lot of the industry members to relate to all the innovation that's happening in the generative AI space. However, when I look at AdRoll and our our history, as well as how we have built this company from the ground up, I really feel that AdRoll has been harnessing the power of AI for over 10 years. Uh, Our vision is that We want AI to power a marketer's workflow irrespective of the stage that they're in, whether they are creating content, whether they are optimizing ad performance, or they're making intelligent decisions about where to spend their money, where to spend their marketing resources. And a lot of this really started several years back where we decided that we will build a system from scratch. We actually internally call that system the bid IQ technology. And as you may know, already being in the marketing space, uh, Jesse, whenever someone decides to run a marketing campaign and put advertising dollars towards it, they establish a goal. And they have a goal and then they have a budget. Now, uh, what we have done through the bid IQ system is we decided to build an optimization engine as well as an algorithm several years back, decade plus back, where the idea was, how can we optimize uh, the performance of the campaign based on the goals that, uh, that a marketer has established? And we could have done this by buying technology, but we made the strategic decision that we're gonna build this from scratch. And over multiple years, we have been able to harness the data, um, multitude of data from thousands of customers, millions of internet users, and that massive volume of data has given us the ability to perform ad optimizations like very few in the industry. So our, our journey really started 10 plus years back in terms of AI and how we use it in AdRoll's mission as we launched and we built Bid IQ, which is more of an internal system. I take a ton of pride in that. Now we haven't stopped there. Uh, what we have done is w- with all the innovation that is happening in the generative AI space, We wanted to bring the best of that to our marketers. And with that intent in mind, we have launched the AdRoll Creative Partner. And what Creative Partner does is through an integration with ChatGPT, we are really able to uh, tackle some of the common challenges marketers have, which is sometimes they're facing a writer's block. And uh, what the Creative Assistant does is it enables you, to be able to uh, generate subject lines. Uh, I didn't call this out. We actually have an email product as a part of our product portfolio. And within the email product, what the creative assistant can do is help suggest uh, the body text as well as the subject line of an email. Uh, and, and and that's really exciting because based on the tonality that you want, based on the text size you want, it can make suggestions and get you started. In fact, interestingly, it can even suggest what kind of emojis you should use. So we have embraced that in our email tool in terms of copy creation. Uh, we also have a contextual advertising product where based on the product that you have, it can suggest uh, topics that you would want to advertise on. So think about you saying, "I'm a yoga mat. I have a yoga mat company, and I, uh, and this is what my product and service does. It will generate topics for you, which you can use on the destinations where you should be advertising. So we've we'll brought in the best of both content creation as well as ad optimizations using AI technologies." Now, will end with this little thought that we're not stopping there. We believe that, uh, as I was calling out in terms of the centralization of data, that we should be able to look at performance of all of your marketing activity across all channels in a single pane. And that's the next work that we are doing and we're in the midst of doing. Uh, and we believe that that's compelling because when you look at campaign performance across all of your channels uh, and across all of your uh, across all of your uh, areas where you're running marketing, you're able to do better optimizations around where you're spending your ads. And that itself will be, data that you'll be training for bid IQ to be getting better and even further optimizing your ad performance. So we really believe just as a wrap, collectively using some of the ad optimization core technology around uh, uh, that we have built, pairing that with content creation and then further wrapping that up with cross-channel performance uh, is gonna really help marketers uh, you know, get a greater efficacy and efficiency from from their marketing activity. So sorry, that was a longish answer. I probably got overexcited and shared uh, all the things we are doing on the AI front. Not at all.
1: No, that's great. Um, in fact, I love that you shared the history um, with BitIQ and because we're always talking about this on on the show that, you know, people think of AI, they think of generative. AI, but they don't recognize and don't know that there's a lot of other AI technologies that exist out there that have been running in the background and people don't know about it because it's not a hands-on thing that people get to use, right? Um, so they don't understand it as much as they do something that you can touch and feel like like um, like a chat GPT. And so, you know, we're in the same boat. You know, we've been working for many years um, in the AI space with our technology um, you know, improving uh, audience creation, improving identity with, with AI. And we, you know, we always like to remind people that there's lots of companies like yours out there that have been doing uh, and creating great technology using AI uh, even before they ever knew what AI really was. So um, <laughs> I'm glad you shared that.
0: Yeah. And I find it incredible that AI can even pick up on tone. And that was one thing that you mentioned that I'm still, you know, thinking about here, like all the different ways we can use this because you think about AI and content. A lot of the time you're, you're nervous, it's going to sound like a robot and it's not going to have a human tone. So like that touch right there is really interesting.
2: Yeah, certainly. And, you know, in terms of our customer mix, we have customers that are in the core business space where there is... They're talking to someone that's buying a financial services product, is buying a healthcare product. But we also have customers that are in the e-commerce space where they're selling something fun, maybe maybe cat food for your pet, uh, or they're selling a health and fitness product, right? So it's never one size fits all. And I also don't think that it is really about replacing the work that a content creator does. It is just about getting a fast start, to, fast start to something that the content creator and the copywriter is going to work on. So yeah, we, we wanted to have tonality there because we know sometimes you have to sound professional in your email, as you would know very well, Jesse, versus in some case you want to be just talking about fun or you're talking to them like a prospect or like a customer. So uh, yeah. And I am and pretty confident that with all the, uh, innovation that's happening in the generative AI space. This will uh, continue to get better and give us the ability to start with a great start uh, as it comes
1: to creating content.
0: Oh, that's that's great, and yeah, I think I agree.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that one of the things that we've you know we've seen in, in a lot of the conversations that we have is there's so much going on in AI in marketing and advertising that the I think the future is going to be really better serving the consumer um, with AI. And, you know, I I think that there's a, a lot of questions and fears and things like that about, you know, targeting and data privacy and all that stuff. But I think that, you know, AI has the potential to really help us improve on targeting, improve on reach, which ultimately is better for the consumer, right? If you're seeing ads that are relevant, that's better for you. Um, it's ultimately better for the advertiser. Also, the more it costs the advertiser, the more it's going to cost you for the product, right? You know, So ultimately, everybody wins in this case. And, and I think there's a lot more coming uh, over the next uh, two, three, five, 10 years. It's going to be really interesting.
2: Yes, absolutely. Uh, and that's a unique perspective that you brought, David. Yeah, because in many ways, if there is more fiction in customers connecting with the brands that provide products and services that you love, the harder it is for the brand and the harder it is for consumers. So often I think there is a uh, there is maybe an excessive amount of con- conversation around it, but I think there is absolute goodness in it. And I think also in terms of AI and what AI means to jobs, what AI means to Uh, productivity. I I always feel when I look back at the history of uh, industrial revolution, every time there's been an innovation, there's been fears associated with what it's going to displace. And yes, certainly it's going to displace some tasks, but will create the opportunity for you to go do smarter, higher value things. And I think it, for me, AI is going to follow that same pattern. I think lots of conversation in the industry around it, but that's the school of thought that at least I am uh, I'm aligning with. That's a good
0: I start. agree. Yeah. And I'm curious to see um, how AI might be able to help us marketers with attribution. But uh, I know that's maybe not what we're discussing, but to transition us, the holy grail of attribution in a multi-channel world. Could you talk to us about that before?
2: Yeah, I think we started to touch a little bit on this earlier in the conversation. And this was one of the big, compelling reasons for me to come to AdRoll. I'd been in marketing organizations and uh, I started marketing in school. And uh, I, in, my, in many ways, Uh, attributing uh, an action that a customer takes uh, to what marketing activity has always been this hard problem. Uh, Was it, if, if somebody bought a pack of chips with a soda, did they buy it because they saw an ad? Did they buy it because it was placed in a certain way on the aisle? Did they buy it because there was an influencer who had it in a certain way, right? It's been the classic uh, problem in marketing. Uh, so coming from a digital marketing and a digital advertising perspective, we started to touch on this. If you have your data in one single pane, then you can do a better job, uh, better job of performance management. Uh, and that's one of the things that we have decided and taken on as a challenge. Uh, in our platform today, we already have a cross-channel performance dashboard. It lets you see the performance of your campaigns that are running across different channels. So you may have a paid search campaign, you may have display and web advertising that you're doing with us, and you may have different platforms, social media platform, where you have accounts where you're running your ads. And what we have done is given the users an ability to be able to connect all their accounts and be able to see uh, all the platform reported data, all of the UTM tracking, all see it in one single dashboard. But we are not stopping there. Uh, One of the other uh, areas where we are pushing is, can I bring the source of truth, uh, which is primarily in the e-commerce system or in your CRM system, Can we bring that data too? And once you're able to look at your campaign performance across all these channels, including the source of truth, then you can really start to say, where are my conversions coming from? Today, the challenge is if you go talk to marketers, if they were to start to do conversion attribution by each channel, they would see that the a number of sales and the convergence is more of a cumulative of all that they have heard from each of the channels. Uh, social media channel, one says X conversions, and another channel says Y convergence, which if you add it and it is not equal to X plus Y, you question that data. And what we are really trying to do here is we're trying to bring data into a common pane and be able to deduplicate it and attribute action appropriately to whatever campaigns you run. That's the mission we are on, we are in that journey. And what that will do is give marketer a holistic picture and be able to compare and contrast, gather insights, say, oh, well, how is my spend working in channel one versus channel two, and be able to maximize the effectiveness of their marketing. So that's the that's the mission we are on, uh, which is how do we solve for attribution by getting a single pane of glass where you can see channel performance as well as you can do attribution after deduping and consolidating data. So um, that's, that's my perspective on how we'll use AI and help push forward as it comes to attribution in this multi-channel world where channels are not going to stop. They're going to just proliferate.
0: Um, that's a great point. Oh, you're still on mute, David. Sorry.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Um, it's a, it's a great challenge. One that we've discussed here before the whole idea of multi-channel attribution. Um, the problem is something that we've discussed before where, where each channel is taking credit for the attribution and, and the numbers don't add up. Just like you said, you know, you, you had a hundred sales, but you know, you have 400, you know, records of attribution across you know four different channels because they're all taking credit for it. Um, so I, I love the the idea that you guys are working on ta- tackling that chat uh, challenge for sure. Um, it'll you know it, it definitely is uh, uh, quite the Holy Grail right um, because if you can truly attribute um, a conversion to the right channel uh, it will definitely help you understand where you need to be spending your marketing dollars more so um, that's awesome.
0: Yep. Absolutely. I could talk about attribution all day. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a pain point for all marketers. Um, you know, and now it's, it's dark social that is the pain, you know. So how do you attribute, say, a podcast or, um, you know, and so I'm curious, have you guys started to think about any of that just yet? Because you see through all these channels and you can see through the attribution tools. Someone came from you know, organic social, or they came from a paid ad on LinkedIn, but then you ask them and they say, I heard your podcast. Nice. You know, so what, what can we do to, to fix that? Anything?
2: Yeah. So today in terms of the scope at which we are driving, uh, and I don't want to get ahead of myself and ahead of my product team, but what we have in scope is a set of channels and platforms that we have identified that based on customer feedback that we have prioritized to bring into the cross-channel performance dashboard. We're not gonna stop there, we'll keep pushing forward, but our intent is, of course, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Google Ads, looking at, of course, Bing and Microsoft, but also looking at LinkedIn and others, how we can bring some of those primary channels. And then, as you know, Jesse, uh, podcast, uh, and Connected TV, our upcoming channels, so they are absolutely on our horizon because we want to solve this. But the way we primarily work, like any other company would, is we, we interview our customers and we understand which are the channels where they have the biggest pain. Uh, so we are maniacally focused on prioritizing those channels that we have heard from our customers that we should start from. But absolutely podcast emerging channel We are on a podcast here, uh, (laughs) and uh, that will be in our uh, our purview.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's time to get into tech stack. This is something we talk to all of our guests about, and I'm excited to hear what are your favorite tools in your tech stack?
2: Uh, Yes, absolutely. I'd love to talk about two, and they have taken a lot of my mind share in the last uh, several months. And the first one is actually a generative AI tool uh, and it's from Adobe. So, and I'll tell you why it's interesting for me. So Adobe has uh, Adobe Express, uh, but they also have uh, added Firefly. Firefly is their interpretation of uh, bringing generative AI capabilities to their platform. And yes, there are many platforms out there that are giving you the ability of why, uh, of bringing in generative AI capability into their platform. Um, but what's unique about Adobe and what I love is the fact that uh, they are taking a creative uh, professional, a uh, designer first approach. And they're making a commitment in the industry that uh, if you use Firefly, we can. Tell you with confidence and with conviction that the content that any the anything that you created from the source content is licensed content. It is does not have any copyright issues, and for me that is very refreshing. To the extent they recently announced that they were going to, uh, you know, they 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 will free the enterprise user from any kind of liability Uh, if, if there was someone who came and said, oh, this particular image or this particular video content was built on using my content as a source. So the fact that they have thought about creative professionals and designers and the source content being free of license and copyright issues is actually very refreshing for me. It's an industry first step from someone that is, of course, a leader in the space. Uh, I may be a little biased because I worked there for several years, uh, but I'm really excited to see what Adobe has done with Firefly. Um, The second one I'll call out is one that I'm sure some of you have heard about or used, and I call that as Gong. when you look at Gong on the surface, it is it's a tool that helps you uh, understand the customer conversation. It's a video tool, it's a video recording tool of what conversations your sales or account managers, sales reps or account managers may be having with customers. And you can brush it off and say, oh, there are many other options. But more and more, what i realize is that the beauty of Gong over and above any other traditional CRM system or a reporting system is, it helps you understand um, the interactions between your team and your customers in context. And the in context part is the one that's exciting for me because often when you're looking at an uh, analytical report or a dashboard, or you're looking at commentary in a CRM system, Right? It's pretty cryptic. It's abstract. And if you're not close to it, you'll not understand what's really going on. But Gong gives you the ability to understand the customer pain points, the engagement with your team in context, which is really powerful for me. And uh, and I think that's become one of my favorite tool sets. Uh, I have played around with the di- Adobe Firefly uh, to create uh images and design for my personal my personal creativity so i have played around with that too it's actually to create the logo and an image for a group that i'm part of so it's exciting i've used both of these and they are on top of my list
0: i love that you like get your hands dirty and you create images still
2: uh, yes, I, I enjoy that, and particularly it's been it's been it's been interesting in the post generative AI world uh, to see how easy it has gotten. But there's also a lot of conversation in the in the market about prompts that you need, because I certainly remember my first initial set of experiences in creating an image for a for a music group that I work uh, that I'm part of. Uh, it was frustrating. I was sitting one night and trying it out, and it it felt like okay, this is a different language, and I need to, I need to learn the language of the tool a little bit, and that's that's the emergence of prompt uh, prompt engineering as well uh, in that sense. But uh, yes, it's it's been interesting to dirty my hands with uh, with them.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah, that's great. Those are great additions um, to things that um, we haven't heard on the show before. So, yeah. Thank you for joining Yeah.
0: And I think we have time for some post-topic questions. So, um, you know, Vipor, if you could go back to a time when you first came into the industry, I guess we'll say the marketing industry, what is the number one piece of advice you would give yourself?
2: Um, I'd say that. And this is maybe less relevant to the marketing industry, but generic. Uh, so I'll, 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 I'll keep at that altitude. Um, but I think if you really want to have a rich professional journey, you need skills, but you also need experiences. And I wish I knew this much early on in my career. And what I've recognized is that you build skills but taking some prone roads, uh, established businesses, established organizations. And that's incredibly critical in your career. But what's also important is building experiences. And I think experiences, they happen if you take a path which is uh, off the beaten path. It's you go on an unproven road. You go take a challenge assignment in an industry that you don't understand or you take a role that is outside of your comfort zone and collectively you need both you can't just have one right but collectively if you have skills and if you have experiences and you've gone on proven roads and proven paths build the skills but you also challenge yourself to do some things that are off the traditional path it will give you a, it'll give you a richer professional life. It's going to make your destination uh, gratifying, but it's also going to make your journey interesting. So I always, I, I, I say this because I, I, I did not have this recognition. This is something that I've learned over the years. And if I knew this, before I came to the industry, I would have been more deliberate about seeking opportunities, which were, okay, I'm going to go and build this scale and I'm going to build this experience or get this experience. But I probably wasn't as deliberate, so um, so that's what I'll say. If uh, uh, Jesse,
0: yeah, that's great feedback. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, that's really great. Um, and, and it's uh, it goes on the line of, of something I always tell my daughters to continue to, to challenge herself, um, be willing to do the hard things. Uh, that makes everything else easier, and be willing to uh, take on challenges. Yep.
2: So, I say that to my kids too, David, but I'm not sure if they listen to me. I think they, they <laughs> learn it the same way, the hard way.
0: So going off of that, are there any lessons you've learned along the way from say past jobs or, you know, this, this current role as president of ad role, um, that you think everyone should know?
2: Yep. And, uh, I think, I think there is, there is, there is one, uh, and uh, we were touching on this briefly earlier. Um, I feel that perseverance and persistence are two pursuits that are underrated. Uh, I feel the value of persistence and persevering through hard things and through challenges is uh, it, it, people don't attach enough value to it. Uh, I feel uh, the number of times people give up on things right before they're about to go have a breakthrough is huge. So, my, own, my big, my broad takeaway here would be if you're working on something that's hard, that's challenging, just keep going one step yeah. further. And, um, and I, I think you would then uh, grab the opportunity uh, uh, that lots of people I think have missed where they just give up before the, before the last step. And I've seen that again and again, that's based on my life experience. That's based on my, I would say, research and investigation and learning from other stories. So persist persevere push forward is is one sort of guiding principle for me that that I would just say is my is my learning
0: I love that
1: it's a great point I really appreciate you you sharing that because it's something that I've shared before as well and just because it is uh I feel like I've been there you know um I don't know if you've ever um I forget the name of the book but there's a term the dip um I don't know if you have ever heard of that And that is like the moment where things are just the hardest, the worst, the biggest struggle, but it's also the moment that's just before you go back up and things, you know, things uh, work out. And a lot of people quit when they're in the dip. That's the point of just what you said. It's like you get there and you're just like, this is too hard. We're never going to make it, whatever. But if you recognize that that moment is the dip, then you realize, okay, if I power through this, things are only going to get better from here. And uh, I, I can't remember the the book. So if if you look up the dip or whatever, you you can you can find it because it is a term that they use um for that, you know, sort of bottoming out. Um and, and it's true. There's a lot of people that give up, you know, right at that moment just before greatness.
2: Absolutely. I will put that book down on my reading list there. Mm-hmm. I feel uh, I, 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 I miss that, uh, dip often when I'm working out, I'm like, oh, I'm going to give up. This is <laughs> it. and I, I, I think you just have to keep pushing forward. Um, and yeah, particularly in the yoga class, I'm, I'm very much like that. So just doing a little reveal, just, I'm just about to give up if I'm in that heated yoga class, but you just have to stay in there and you, you have to see how you feel after it. Yeah. And when you are in it or before it, and it's always
1: better. Yeah, for sure.
0: That's really great. Thank you both for sharing that because, you know, I know there's probably some listener that's going to hear this, if not today, maybe a year from now, who's going to be in that dip. And this is a really great reminder for anyone to just keep consistent, especially in marketing, you know, in everything. But persistence, as you said, um, you know, it's it's key. Thank you for sharing that.
2: Absolutely
0: <laughs> yeah, well, in closing, before, where would you like to tell the listeners how they can find you? uh
2: absolutely uh, I' am, uh, I think the best way to find me is on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I still message a lot on it um, not much on Twitter, so don't look for me on Twitter. <laughs> 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 LinkedIn and i would be happy to connect and share my thoughts i still do a lot of mentoring that's my way to give back to the industry so uh if i can be of help i will try my best i have uh, have my commitment on that
0: wow incredible yeah absolutely um all right well in closing before we head out let me go ahead and Pull up our QR code to OmniIQ for anyone watching on video. Of course, if you are listening to this on podcast, you'll want to head over to bdex.com and just click the try for free button, no credit card required. Um, This QR code will also take you to OmniIQ and that's where you can upload a CSV file of your first party customer data. And then it'll give you free analytics on your gender, birth year, and household income of your first party data. Of course, you can upgrade to learn more about your audience, um, but you can also take that and expand it and find more people just like your audience. So we would love to hear from listeners as well. So you can reach us at infobedex.com. If you know someone who would be great on the show, feel free to send us an email. We'd love to, you know, invite them on the show. So just share your qualitative data with us so we can make this show better for you. And thank you all for being here.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Vivar. Thank you,
2: David. Thank you, Jesse. I'll thank you
0: sure. so much.